Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. In a nearly deserted city hall last night, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti gave his annual State of the City address, and his tone was sorrowful. Our daily life is unrecognizable. We are bowed and we are worn down. We are grieving our dead. Mayor Garcetti then got down to business, a sobering warning that because of cratering municipal revenues during the coronavirus shutdown, the city plans to enact furlough days for thousands of employees and make painful cuts to municipal services. Soon many departments will have to operate at sharply reduced strength. Cherished programs will lose funding, while recreational and community services will see significant changes. Los Angeles is just the biggest example of how California's 482 cities and towns are wrestling with the consequences of the pandemic on their budgets. I talked about the rough future ahead for municipal governments with Carolyn Coleman. She's the executive director of the League of California Cities. So we are seeing across the state, California cities experiencing revenue shortfalls. Sales taxes aren't what they were. We're not buying and consuming what we were. And depending on how long this endures, there will be less revenue that will eventually result in cuts to the essential services that um, cities provide. And these could be cuts to police, fire, trash collection, code enforcement, public works, streets and roads, maintenance, uh, the basic services that make a community a community. Carolyn, could you play that out a bit more? I mean, if California cities continue to collect a lot less revenue in the coming months, how will that affect the real meat and potato things we expect from our local governments? You know, you might have trash pickup twice a week. Well, depending on resources, that may have to go to once a week. You might have uh, libraries and parks that are open certain hours of the day. Because there are not uh, the resources to fund those activities, you may not see them open uh, to the same to the same degree. So the longer this goes on, the larger the shortfall the revenues are for local government, then you will see it translate directly into a cutback in the services that are delivered today. I know municipalities are getting some help because of $150 billion in emergency aid for states and local governments passed by Congress, but that money is only for the biggest of cities. So looking ahead, what else is needed from your perspective? I just say so from the league's perspective, we welcomed and applauded Congress passing and the president signing a CARES Act, which included some direct relief for increased expenses to the sixth largest cities 
um, in our state because they had populations above 500,000. But as I have said before, coronavirus didn't just happen in those six cities. And it's not just those six cities feeling the impact, but cities across the state, smaller than 500,000, are also feeling that impact. And so our conversations at the federal level right now are if we see a fourth stimulus and we think there's a case for a fourth stimulus coming out of Washington, then we shouldn't leave any community behind. All of them um, should be supported uh, with resources from the federal government. All right. Carolyn Coleman, Executive Director of the League of California Cities. Thank you so much. Thank you, Saul. The first California inmate has died from health complications related to COVID-19. He was incarcerated at the California Institution for Men in San Bernardino. That comes after a federal judge denied an emergency motion that would have forced state prison officials to reduce the state's prison population by thousands to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. The judge wants to see first if changing up prison housing works. KQED's Julie Small reports. The federal receiver in charge of medical care in California prisons has proposed separating inmates housed in large dorms into groups of eight cohorts kept at least six feet from each other. But attorney Allison Hardy with the prison law office doubts the plan will offer enough protection in crowded units. Their beds are close to each other and then they will be like an island and there will be other clumps of eight in the dorm. There's a lot to work out to this. In his ruling, federal judge John Tiger said prison officials have responded reasonably to reduce the risk of COVID-19 and should be given time to implement the plan. For the California Report, I'm Julie Small. The novel coronavirus has sickened thousands of workers and residents at long-term care facilities. More than 20 percent of the state's nursing homes now report cases of COVID-19. That, according to a list released by the Department of Public Health this weekend. From KQED Science, Molly Peterson reports. Every day at 3 o'clock, it's happy hour at Oakmont Gardens, an assisted living facility in Santa Rosa. Are we ready? Are you ready? Love you, sweetheart. I'm in love with you. 82-year-old Pat Sachs says, sadly, no drinks anymore. She and other residents stand outside their doors six feet apart and sing for good cheer. COVID doesn't appear to have come to Oakmont Gardens yet. Sack credits her caregivers for that. But she worries about the spread of the virus. We can't help but wonder if there's anything going on here in Sonoma County. You know, because we wouldn't know who's going to tell us. <laughs> that part's kind of scary. Nothing requires counties or long-term care facilities to disclose coronavirus outbreaks to the wider community. Care homes have to notify their own residents, county and state health officials, when someone tests positive. Now the state has made a partial list of nursing home outbreaks public. I don't understand why they delayed for so long. Mike Dark is a lawyer with California Advocates for Nursing Home Reform. He points out that Fresno and Kern counties are missing from the state's list. What we have is a very chaotic patchwork across the state and little direction from the Department of Public Health. A trade group representing nursing homes says the state's list can direct protective gear and testing to the places that need help. But missing from the list are non-medical assisted living facilities where about 20 percent of Californians over the age of 85 live. Assisted living reform advocate Chris Murphy says they may need help too. If there are outbreaks that are starting in these facilities, my guess is they can get totally out of control because they're not medically trained. 
In Los Angeles, the county has been publishing its own list for weeks of outbreaks in any care home. But most counties only confirm a facility outbreak. They don't announce it. Alameda County Health Officer Dr. Erica Pond says her bigger priority is telling the public how to avoid the virus. From my perspective, I don't know that the general public can or could do anything differently for a specific facility. Advocates disagree. They say consumers need that information to choose facilities right now, for the first time, or for family members coming out of the hospital. For Molly Davies, L.A. County's long-term care ombudsman, that would also include accurate case numbers and deaths. That's going to weigh very heavily into my decision about, am I going to bring my loved one home? That kind of decision may yet be ahead for many families as this pandemic continues. For The California Report, I'm Molly Peterson. Immigrant residents of California speak more than 200 different languages, and many aren't fluent in English. So, how do you get pandemic information to them, especially if their language isn't widely spoken? The California Report's Alex Hall has more. When the Thomas fire hit Ventura County in 2017, Genevieve Flores Haro says it was clear that Spanish-speaking residents weren't getting the emergency information they needed. She remembers seeing a boil water advisory with a line that said, if you don't speak English, have someone explain this to you. And I remember, like, during the fire, just being so, like, upset about that. It was hard to think that, like, that hadn't been on anyone's radar before. Flores Haro is associate director of the Misteco Indígena Community Organizing Project, home of Radio Indígena, a community radio station in Oxnard. Since the wildfire, she says, the county has really stepped up to get information out in Spanish, but also in the Mexican indigenous languages spoken by thousands of local farm workers. So when COVID-19 hit, they were able to respond quickly. Since March, the station has aired daily public safety announcements about the coronavirus in three indigenous languages, Zapoteca, Curepecha, and Misteco, which you just heard. It's just one of the community groups filling in the gaps as public health officials try to inform people about COVID in a language they understand. Right now, our challenge is providing those different languages. Leticia Berber is a health educator with the Fresno County Department of Public Health. She says staff are working to get information out in Spanish and Hmong through local radio and TV. But those aren't the only languages Fresno County residents speak. We have a request of having the website in Portuguese. We have a request to reach our migrant populations, our field workers. It's a challenge because we don't have Portuguese-speaking staff here. And on the county website, much of the information about COVID in multiple languages, including Punjabi, is English run through Google Translate. That can lead to confusion, says Deep Singh, executive director of the Jakara movement. Google Translate's like not even very good with European romantic languages like Spanish for a a language like Punjabi, which doesn't even use a Latin based script. it, It is just a total disaster. Not having the right information can have dire consequences. Singh says the mother of a family from India went to a local hospital for coronavirus testing without a family member to translate. When she was sent home, she thought it meant she was negative. But four days later... She got the call to tell her she was COVID positive. She ended up exposing her family and her son ended up getting tested positive for COVID as well. So really making sure that all communities are getting the right information It's really imperative for the safety of individuals, of the families, and our entire community. Singh says with this contagious virus, it's in the interest of everyone that all communities have access to information they understand. 
And advocates say it's not enough just to translate. Listening to the specific needs of immigrant communities and making sure they have the answers to their own questions is also needed. And that's what Genevieve Flores Haro is working to do with Radio Indígena. One thing that I still don't have an answer for, what are the recommendations for someone to social distance when maybe it's a whole family in a room, right? And there's multiple families in a house. She says unless people know what resources are available to them, some communities will be left in the dark. For The California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. And that is The California Report for Monday, April 20th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well, everybody. Support for The California Report comes from Paint Care. Ideas to use up house paint and leftover paint taking up space can be found at paintcare.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and Hint Water. Hint is water infused with fruit essences, including watermelon and blackberry. No sugar, no sweeteners, no calories. Available in grocery stores. Hint. Mouth-watering water. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! <laughs> <laughs> 